We're really um, honored tonight. We're going to have uh, Josh Marthy. He's going to bring the word to us. And uh, I'm just so grateful. We have such a huge preaching staff here at Amazing Grace. Amen. And uh, I love all of them. They all have different uh, different ways of bringing things out and see, sharing with us. And um, so I, I'm always excited when I have the opportunity to... Uh, um, to be able to get one of them up here to be able to share. You know that our church, I think I, I'll share a little bit more about this tomorrow night, but uh, almost 40 different ministries that we have helped establish through the 40 years that we've been here, the church has been here. And uh, from missionaries to evangelists to prison ministry to pastors to youth pastors to children's pastors. So these folks, as they have these opportunities, just like Josh, you know, we know he's not going to be with us forever, and we'd love to have them all stay forever. Amen. But while they're here, we're going to get as much out of them as we can, and we're going to challenge them as well. Amen. And uh, as they're a part of our our body and uh, will always be a part of our body. Give Josh a good hand as he comes to bring the word. All right. Well, thank you, Pastor. It's always an honor um, to be able to bring the word and uh, to be able to preach at any church that you go to. And there's really something special to me about Amazing Grace. You know, even though I wasn't raised here, it kind of feels like a church home to me, you know, home away from home, if you will. I was raised in Wisconsin, you know, this is Michigan, so it's a similar kind of environment. But again, this uh, definitely has a special spot in my heart. So thanks again, Pastor. Let's go ahead and uh, open with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. Um, thank you so much for your Holy Spirit here with us, God. Thank you, Father, that you live on the inside of us. God, that in every situation, because we have the Holy Spirit, that we have the answer. Thank you, Father, that there's nothing that's too big for you. There's nothing that's too small. There's nothing that's too big. So, God, I thank you that tonight I declare every need is met. Father, that everybody is healed. God, we just speak to those situations that don't line up with your word, and we command them to get in line right now in Jesus' name. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Father, for your leading of the Holy Spirit tonight, that as I speak, God, that says in, um, as it says in Psalms, that my tongue would be the pen of a ready writer, that I would speak forth the oracles of God. And just like Jesus, I would only say what I hear you say, and I would only do what I hear you or see you do. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, tonight we're going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects, um, really, I love all of the subjects about the Bible, <laughs> um, but this one really has a special spot in my heart because this is one particular subject that I struggled with almost more than anything my entire Christian walk, and that is hearing God's voice being led by the Holy Spirit. So if you want to put a title to that, you put um, God's voice being led by the Spirit, whatever you want to do. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. We're going to talk about a couple different aspects, how we hear God's voice, what God's voice sounds like, uh, the way that he leads us. Do we have the ability, first off, I guess we should probably answer that question. Do we have the ability to hear God's voice, and if we do, how do we hear it? And then, why do we need to hear God's voice? Yeah. I guess it's part of the question as well, because if it's not important, then why do we really need to be focusing on it? And if it's unattainable, why even think about it at all? The great thing is, God speaks to us. God speaks to us, every single one of us. And I, I know that sometimes it feels like he doesn't. I know for me, um, I was raised in church. And I grew up with an understanding that, um, not, not any, due in part because of my pastor in Wisconsin, the, the man loved God. And he really, he really tried um, with all of his heart 
to bring forth to bring forth what he knew. But there was never any kind of connection in my mind that that God was someone that I could relate to, that I could be in relationship with. A.W. Tozer um, is a, an author, an amazing author, and I think he said it best. He said, it's impossible to fall in love with an ideal. Right. You have to fall in love with a being, with a yeah. person. That's good. You can't fall in love with an idea. You can be devoted to an idea, you can be passionate about an idea, but you can't fall in love with an idea. You fall in love with a person, with a being that you can have relationship with and that you can grow relationship with. That's good. That's I, I, awesome. When he said that, I read it in a book, it's called The Pursuit of God, and it's one of my favorite books I've ever read. Besides the Bible, of course. But it's one of my favorite books that I've ever read. Because it talks about how God wants to be known by mankind. See, there's a reason why he made mankind. He didn't, he didn't just put Adam on the earth and say, okay, Adam, go ahead and go do your own thing. What he did is he put mankind on the earth, and then he immediately was right there with him, starting an establishing relationship and then walking out relationship with Adam the entire time, talking to him the entire time. And I've said it a couple times, and I'll say it again, because this is one thing that everybody needs to know. God did not give Adam a 10-step plan to hearing his voice Come on. in the Garden of Eden. He just didn't. That's right. God didn't go down there and say, okay, Adam, I'm going to have you do eight hours of school for the next 40 weeks, and then you're going to be able to hear my voice. God went down. And he spoke, and Adam listened, Adam heard, Adam responded. That's what, and that's as simple as it needs to be. The problem is, like a lot of things in Christianity, we overcomplicate things. We overcomplicate healing. We overcomplicate faith to the extreme. We overcomplicate faith so bad. It's so simple. We use faith every single day, and we don't even realize it. But then, um, and I'm so guilty of this sometimes, that when we, we, we take our faith and we apply it to Christianity, all of a sudden it's this, this mystical thing that has all these unknown laws and all these unknown variables, and you just have to get the formula just right in order for God to move on your behalf. On. When God is up there saying, I've already moved on your behalf. Yeah. I already sent my son, and I'm not going to send him back down to crucify him to do something that he already did. When your mouth lines up with my mouth and what I've said and your mouth lines up with what I've said, that's when things start to change. The problem is we say things different than what God is saying. Do you guys get that? The problem is we say stuff that's different than what God is saying. Can I say it one more time? We say stuff that's different than what God is saying. Well, why do your words matter so much, Josh? Because what does the Bible say? Out of the abundance of the heart. Out of your spirit, yeah. what you really believe is what you're going to start speaking. Yeah. I believe, therefore I spoke. Right. God believed that when he said light exists, light come into being, light was going to exist. Amen. He believed, he spoke, and then Holy Spirit responded and acted out, and then light existed. Yes. Every single time. Exactly. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Every time is he enforces what God speaks, and, get this, he enforces what you and I speak. Right. Right. How cool is that? Holy Spirit enforces what God speaks. Holy Spirit enforces what we speak. That's why it's so important to keep your mouth in line with the word of God. Now, in the Old Testament, um, the way that they were led by the Holy Spirit, that they, that they spoke and related to God, was a little bit different. Um, prophecy in the Old Testament and prophecy in the New Testament function a little bit differently in some ways. In the Old Testament, the prophets were the mouthpiece of God. They were the leaders. Um, they, were, they were judges. They were all these different things because God would anoint three different people, kinds of people, classes of people. He would anoint kings, he would anoint priests, and he would anoint prophets. 
Those are the three different kinds of people that his spirit would come upon, and all of a sudden they'd be able to speak. They'd be able to declare the utterances of God. Why? Because people were spiritually dead. They weren't born again. A danger that we have in Christianity is if we take Old Testament theology and then try to apply it to the age that we're in right now, to New Testament church theology. I don't have to rely on a prophet to tell me what God's will is for me. I don't have to rely on a prophet to say, here's what God wants you to do next. Why? Because the Holy Spirit lives in me. If Pastor Jolliffe is right here with me, I don't have to go to Michael and say, hey, uh, hey, can you talk to Pastor Jolliffe for me? He's right here. Yeah. Holy Spirit's right here. Yeah. How awesome is that? Holy Spirit's right here. Come on. We're out there looking and searching for, for ministry team, for, for pastor. Uh, not that pastor doesn't hear God's voice. He does. He's amazing at it. Chuck hears God's voice. Not that, that's a, not that that's... We don't have to do that. We make it so hard on ourselves. When I'm at, at home in my room, I can ask God whatever I need. I can ask him any question and he'll respond. I can ask him about silly things, and he'll tell me things. He's interested in our everyday life. I can't tell you how many times at work, yes, at work, I speak to God at work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we really need to. It would be helpful if some of you guys did as well. That's what God just said to say. I didn't want to say it, but he said, tell him you should too. Okay, there you go. I said it. Sometimes I have these little arguments with God because he says something. I'm like, do I really have to say it like that? Because that sounds kind of harsh. Just say it. Just say it, Josh. But I'm at work, and God will tell me, check that again. God, I already checked that. I don't even check that. Check it again. It's wrong. So I'll go, go ahead and check it. Oh, it is wrong. Ooh, yeah. that's not good. I totally missed that. Right. Or he'll tell me, hey, this piece that's coming up, you need to check this hole. That hole's wrong. I'll be like, what? So I'll go and check it. It's wrong. Ooh. What, is, what am I doing there? I'm practicing hearing Holy Spirit's voice. Yes. Right. It's so important that you practice that. Again, because in the Old Testament, you couldn't practice that. You had to listen because the prophet was going to speak out what God was saying to the people. And, oh, there was judgment coming and there was all this different stuff coming. But in the New Testament, we don't have to be led by prophets. We can be led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good word. Let's talk about this again for a second. Led by the Holy Spirit. How do we know that we can be led by the Holy Spirit? What does that look like? Well, first off, I want to point out to you guys that God is a spirit, and we're a spirit. So first off, we know that God can talk to us because we're the same class of being. I've said it here before, and I'll I'll say it again, just again, as you might already know some of this, but we're going to go ahead and do a little bit of review before we get going. God created us in his image, Genesis 1.27. God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We, according to 1 Thessalonians 5.23, are spirit, soul, and body. We're created in the exact same image, the exact same likeness as God, which then gives us the ability to have a relationship with each other. All right, Animals are not created the same type of being as we are. Animals are a body and a soul. Angels are not created in the same image that we are and that God is. Angels are a soul and a spirit. There's a difference in classes that we have to understand first. God had to make us different if he wanted to communicate with us and have full Um, relationship, if you will, with us. We had to be in the exact same class of beings. John 4.24 says it like this. God is a spirit. God is a spirit. Not God has a spirit. God is a spirit. God created this natural world out of spirit. 
It says that his words are spirit and they are life. God created the world by his words, which was spirit. So spirit created the natural world that we live in. The natural connection that we make then is if I want my world to change, I have to start speaking spirit into it. Yeah. Do you guys get that? That's so profound right there. Yeah. If I want my natural world to change, I have to start speaking spirit to it. I have to start speaking the word of God. His word is spirit and life. When he created, when he formed, he changed the void, the chaos, the darkness, the nothingness into something, into order. What did he do? He didn't have to go down there with the sword and wage war with, with anything. He didn't have to go battle the darkness. He spoke. Right. He injected spirit into the situation. That's what some of you guys need to do. Come on. If you want to see change in your life, you have to start speaking to it. You yeah. have to start injecting spirit into your natural situation. Come on. Come on. Let God put the super into your natural. Yeah. Let him overcome your obstacles. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says it like this. Now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is... There is liberty. God is a spirit. That shouldn't be any surprise to us. Now, I like to think of it like this. The spirit realm is the real realm. The actual, the reality, if you will. This physical realm can change. This physical realm, there's stuff that happens in here that doesn't, isn't meant to happen. That wasn't meant to happen from the beginning. God never created our bodies to die. God never created us to age. God never created us for sickness. According to his word, when it first came forth, when the spirit was injected into the natural, there was perfection. Obviously, sin came. So what God's word does is God changes those things that are wrong and puts them back into alignment. You guys ever been to the chiropractor before? You're out of alignment, and then all of a sudden, that chiropractor, this, and I had this big dude, he's probably 6'8", well, actually, just like Pastor Jolliffe, except maybe, uh, maybe a few pounds even more than him. And all muscle, of course. Yeah, he's, he's a big dude. So he'd throw me up there on the table, and then I'd, I'd, I'd get ready for it. I'd, I'd bend over like this, and then he'd, he'd take me and go right back into alignment. It did not feel good, but it felt good afterwards. He's a big dude. There was a lot of force behind what he was doing. I'd, I'd, land, I'd turn over like this, and he's like, are you ready? I was like, no, I'm not ready. Just do it. I'm like, oh, it hurts, but it feels so good. That's what God does to our situations. When he, 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 he changes it. He brings it back into proper alignment when we speak the word of God. And that's the thing that we have to realize is we have to be the ones speaking. God is going to lead us to attack certain issues in a specific way. If you've been dealing with a sickness for two or three years, ask God about it. I'm serious. Ask God about it. Say, God, I've been fighting this thing for a long time, and this does not look like what your word says. My body's not lining up. Why? What do I need to do? What verses do I need to stand on? What do I need to do? Get into the word about it. Start speaking the word over your body. By Jesus' stripes, I am healed. Jeremiah 30, 17, you restore me to health and you heal me of my wounds. Start speaking the word and get down into the presence of God and say, what do I need to do? Is there anything else I need to do besides this? And get God's answer on it. I remember one particular time I had a knee issue. I was playing basketball with somebody and, again, being led by the Spirit, I felt like I shouldn't go play that's all right. I'm just going to be fine. I'm going to go play basketball. I've been playing all summer long, and I haven't had any issues. Well, the problem was I went up to block a shot. I landed on a guy's foot, and my leg went down. My knee went backwards, and the rest of my leg went forward. Yeah, not good. Not good. I was rolling around screaming because it hurt so bad. Yeah, torn tendons in my knee. That's not good. I work in a manufacturing job. Not good. This is on a Saturday. (laughs) 
laying at home on my bed going, God, this stinks. What are you going to do about it? I mean, what am I going to do about it? What are you going to do about it, God? You guys ever get mouthy with God before? Please don't tell me I'm the only one who does that. You guys ever get mouthy with him before? He gets mouthy with me sometimes, too. <laughs> it's hilarious when he does that. But you guys ever get mouthy with him? I was doing a little bit of that. Like, God, what are you going to do about it? You said that you healed me. Like, yeah, what are you going to do about it? All right, fine, whatever. And grumbling and complaining, speaking the word, nothing's working, nothing's working, nothing's working. Hey, Josh, when are you going to start believing it? What do you mean, when am I going to start believing it? What would you do right now if your knee wasn't hurt? What do you mean, what would I do right now? I'd be up walking around. Like, so do you believe what you're saying? Well, yeah, but it hurts. Yeah, I know it hurts. What would you be doing right now if you believed it and that the next time you spoke it, it would be fine? I'd be up walking around. So get up and walk. Okay, fine. So I got up and started walking around. It hurt, it hurt, it hurt. Got to camp a little while later because I was helping volunteer at a youth camp. And I had this incredible experience with God where I was in God's presence. And this was like the final, the final thing that just eliminated all of it. We we're in God's presence. We we're having an intense worship service. We literally saw Jesus walk into the room. I was there with the pastor and a couple other people. We looked up and we saw Jesus walk in the door and head towards us. And then I, just, I didn't see him anymore. I'm thinking, oh, this is crazy. Because the pastor next to me, we all had our eyes closed. And he said, Jesus just came in. I was like, yeah, I know. Yeah, that's cool. So then he, he walked over and then he started laying hands on people. And people started falling down to the ground, getting touched by God. And then I see, my eyes are closed. I see two angels get down. And I see them lift my knee back. And they reach in there and they start taking out tendons and putting brand new ones in. Then they fold it back down and sew it together. And I'm standing there like this going, what is going on? Then I go like this. Hmm, Couldn't do that before. Couldn't do that before. Perfectly healed. Brand new tendons in my knee. Just like that. God is so good. God is so good. When you listen to God and when you obey God, when you start speaking the word in faith, things will happen. Now, do you have to have a manifestation of Jesus right in front of you to have that happen? No. It's cool when it does, though, let me tell you. It's cool when it does. So again, God is a spirit and we are a spirit, meaning that we can speak to him. I think Job 32.8, I know, I just said Job. Did you guys expect to hear that in a verse about being, in a sermon about being led by the spirit? He's quoting Job. It's time to go home. Uh Uh-uh, you didn't just quote Job in here. Yes, I did. Job 32, verse 8, because there is actually good verses in Job, believe it or not. I'm sorry, it's like one of my least favorite verses. Well, that or numbers, all right? Pastor, I'm sure you can appreciate that, right? Yeah, yeah. Pastor's like, no, I love the whole thing. I love the whole thing. You're just carnal, Josh. Yes. (laughs) Job 32, 8. There is a spirit in man, and the breath or the spirit of the God of the Almighty gives him understanding. There is a spirit in man, and the breath or spirit of God gives him understanding. The number one way that God is going to speak to you is in your spirit. That's the number one predominant way that he is going to speak to you is in your spirit. Too often we're looking for audible voices. We're looking for these huge, crazy manifestations. And that does not normally happen. In the Old Testament, why did it need to happen? Because they were spiritually dead. They had no ability, they had no connection with God to where God could just speak clearly to them because they were separated. If I'm outside the church and I'm trying to hear pastor speak and he's in here talking normally, I'm not going to hear him speak because I'm separated from him. 
It was the same exact way with God. They were outside of the tabernacle. They were outside of his presence. They were outside, unable to hear his voice. So they would send one man in. They would send in a priest and say, what is God saying for this next year? What does God want to do for this next year? And then the the priest would come back out and proclaim it. But now we get to walk right into the tabernacle. We get to walk into God's presence like we did tonight and hear God speak. While we were were in worship, God was speaking to me too. He said, and I'm not going to look at you because I could and I don't want to embarrass you, that there's a woman in here that's struggling with purpose. So there's a woman in here that's struggling with purpose. He said, if you try to find purpose outside of me, you're not going to find it. You're not going to find it. You're not going to find happiness outside of me. If you quit looking for stuff outside and start looking inside, he said, if you start looking to me, start talking to me, you're going to feel the value and the purpose that you've been looking for. It's not about amount of money. It's not about a man. It's not about children. It's not about any of that kind of stuff. There's another woman in here that's lost about parenting your children. Issues you're dealing with, trying to figure it out. Ask God. I can't tell you how many times I've been parenting my child, and I have a little awesome three-year-old and a one-year-old, and God says, hey, try this instead. Hey, try this. That discipline method is not working. (laughs) My little Josie, she is strong-willed. My little girl is very strong-willed. I don't know where she gets it from. So it's, it's, it's my wife. It's got to be my wife. Uh, sorry. sorry. Yep. Sorry, Pastor. <laughs> if you look to the Holy Spirit, he will talk to you about anything in your life. So that's for you. Amen. Being a spirit being, we were designed to operate first and foremost in the spirit realm. I cannot emphasize how much God wants this said tonight. In, as a spirit being, you and I are first and foremost to operate out of the spirit realm not the natural realm. My first thought should not be, how am I going to pay this bill? It's going to be, God, what's the plan? It's God, what's the plan? If I have the answer, I'm not going to see the problem. If I already look to the answer without the problem right here, staring at the problem going, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And God's over there going, do you want the, do you want the answer? Do you want the answer? I got over here. I'm not going to force it to you, but do you want the answer? There's been a couple times I've had that happen. God, we got bills. I remember one particular time I was uh, in a different state. God said, I want you to give all the money in your bank account in an offering today. I was like, what? You want me to do what? God, I need gas money. He's like, yeah, I know you do. I was like, you want me to give everything in my bank account in this offering right now? I got a baby. Sorry, we had two babies at the time, actually. I got two babies, and I got a wife that have to travel 900 miles back home, and you want me to give my entire bank account and an offering to this church? I said, yep. Okay. You're crazy. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I tell you, God, you're crazy. He tells me to go do something. He's like, you're crazy, God. He just thinks it's funny. He just kind of laughs at me sometimes when I do that. So what I did is I take my card and I swiped it over there and I was like, oh, give. Oh. Well, sink or swim time. God's like, what? I was like, sorry, sorry. We're going to swim. We're going to swim with you, God. I got a paycheck in the mail that I wasn't supposed to get or that I didn't think I was supposed to get because I had taken a week of vacation off that I got paid for the week before. No, actually it was a bonus. Sorry. It was a bonus that I didn't know that I had coming. Got put into my bank account. I looked at it. Oh, wow, I have enough money to get home now. 
That's what God does. If you're being led by the Holy Spirit and if you're looking at the Holy Spirit. We have to attack natural problems by the Spirit. I can't say it too many times tonight. When you have natural problems confronting you, don't look at natural knowledge. Ask God. Look to the Spirit and say, what does God's Word say about this problem? What does God's Word say about this issue? Or ask God, if you have a question, God, where should I be working right now? Believe me, I've been asking myself that question several times. God, do you want me working here? Are you sure you want me working here? They moved me on to 12s, God, and i got to preach this week. Are you sure you want me working here at a factory? I said, yes, I do. I said, fine. <laughs> Again, I, I, I'm so glad God is patient and merciful, because I can't tell you how many times, like, God will tell me to do something, be like, no. Like my little daughter, my three-year-old, she'd be like, no, daddy. I'd be like, oh, that's so cute, but I should discipline you right now. Mm, that's so cute, though. She'd be like, no, daddy. I'd be like, oh, gosh, stop. It's bad, though. It's bad. But that'll happen sometimes. God will tell you to do something, and the natural response will be, ooh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Well, let me tell you, the more and more you ignore God, the more natural it'll be. The more of a habit it'll be. Bible talks about searing your conscience. It's with a hot iron. I've seared, let me use this as an example. I've seared my fingertips, if you will, because I play guitar with steel, with steel strings. Things touch the tips of my fingers, I don't feel it. Because I've singed these nerves right here at the end. I can do this, I can touch hot coffee mugs, I don't feel it, it doesn't hurt me. There's no sensitivity. There's no sensitivity left because I put pressure on it and pressure on it, and I've ignored the pain, ignored the pain, ignored the pain, ignored the pain, to the point where my body doesn't even send pain signals anymore. Right. There's some of you asking, well, why, why isn't God speaking to me? The problem is you've been ignoring him for so long. Come on. I'm stepping on some toes now. No, that's good. The problem is you've been ignoring him for so long that you've deadened your senses to it. Come on. Well, how do I fix that? Can I tell you something cool that God showed me? I was over washing dishes in hot, soapy water, and it started to hurt. I said, ow. Do you know that hot, soapy water will get rid of calluses? I have to be careful washing dishes. I can't do it too many times in a week. That's why my lovely wife likes to do it, right, babe? I love you so much. If you start, because what happens is the water will soften the skin, and it'll start letting you feel again. We cleanse our souls by the washing of the word. We cleanse our souls by the washing of the water of the word. If you want to start getting sensitivity back to the Holy Spirit, you have to start getting back into the word and start obeying God when he's speaking to you. You have to start obeying God when he's speaking to you. Take today, for example. I'm at work. Again, at a secular job, there's people people cussing, saying all these kind of crude jokes around me. Holy Spirit can't move there. Yes, he can. Jesus manifested God in the midst of um, adulterers, tax collectors, all the worst kind of people in the world. He was constantly being led by the Spirit. Because if you're aware of what's going on inside and you're aware of what's going on in the Spirit, you're not looking out around you. That's good preaching, Josh. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm at work. And uh, there's a guy, that, that guy that I was talking to, I invited him to church a couple weeks ago, and, and he said, you know, I, I like your church, they're very excited there. That's not something I'm used to seeing. I'm like, amazing grace, an excited church? Wow, I, I know, I've never heard that before. We get excited about God, which is good. Right. Get excited about God. He went there, he's like, yeah, your worship was awesome. Yeah, that, that worship was awesome. I'm like, yes, it was. We believe in God. 
He's like, yeah, I can definitely tell. So today he slipped and hurt his knee. And uh, he was talking to me about it. He's like, yeah, I hit my knee off the corner of this metal plate, and it's just, it's just killing me. I was like, really? Inside, I know what I need to do next, but I'm just like, no, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to ignore that for a second. I'm not going to do anything here. He's like, yeah, not only that, I actually hurt this other knee, too. I'm like, oh, wonderful. Oh, wonderful. And he, I was like, how did you do that? He was like, well, I went sledding and boulders. I was like, you did what? He said, I found a rock quarry when I was drunk, and I, I took a piece of plastic, and I sledded down into the center of it, and there were big boulders that I was bouncing my knees off of. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. He said, no, man, I was drunk. I was like, that's the only excuse that you have. Seriously. I wouldn't do that drunk or sober. He's like, yeah, so I was bouncing my knees off of it, and man, it hurt. My knees have never been the same. They do this clicking thing. And I was like, oh, man, I know I need to pray for you right now. So I walked away. I walked away. Not even ashamed to admit it. I just walked away. I was like, all right. Yeah, that was a great story, God. That was pretty funny. And God's like, you're going to go pray for him, aren't you? I was like, you want me to go pray for him? He's like, of course. (laughs) Didn't I say go into all the world and preach the gospel? Lay hands on the sick, cleanse the leper, cast out demons, go into all the world? I like the way one minister said, someone asked him, who should I pray for? He said, let me make it easier for you. The people you don't have to pray for and minister to are the ones that Jesus didn't die for. The ones that you don't have to pray for and minister to and share the gospel with are the ones that Jesus didn't die for. Well, that doesn't really leave anybody out, does it? There's no gray area there. Right. So I'm walking around, I'm thinking, man, I've got to go pray for this guy's knee. Because sometimes we tell testimonies and I tell testimonies and you're like, man, Josh is just so obedient all the time. No, no. I wish I could say, yeah, I'm just over there, y'all, I'm going to pull and just start spraying in tongues and no, angels appear and Jesus is there. And no, not, not all the time. Not half the time. Half the time I argue with God a little bit. I was like, you sure? I was like, what do you mean am I sure? I just told you. I was like, sorry, sorry, I'll go ahead and do it. So I walked over there, and he was talking to some guys. I'm like, oh, I can't do it when he's talking to people. They're going to think I'm weird. Can't do it. So I walked back over to my station, and I kept on working. And God's like, what are you doing? The whole time I'm having this argument in my head with God, saying, I, I know who's going to win this argument, God, but I'm just going to hold on for a second. I'm just going to hold on for a second. So finally, a couple of the guys walked away, and God's like, are you going to obey me now? And I said, yes, God, I'm sorry. So I walked over there, and I said, I thank you, God, that... The healing power of God is in my hands that when I lay hands on the sick that they recover. And I thank you, God, for a creative miracle right now in this man's knee. Under my breath, that was what I was walking over. And I stopped him and I said, hey, I know you said uh, your knees were hurting. He was like, yeah, man. I was like, can I pray for you? He's like, what? I was like, can I pray for you? He's like, yeah, man, go ahead. I was like, okay. So I got down there and I put one of my hands on his knees and he kind of like made like that kind of look at me. I was like, oh, something must be going on or he's really freaked out by me right now because I'm touching his knee in public in front of all these other dudes that are working at a machine shop. And this is kind of weird. So I put my hand on his knee and I said, thank you, Father, for it. And I finished praying and he moved around. And he said, your hand was ice cold. I said, what? He said, there's no pain in my knee right now. Your hand was ice cold. What did you awesome. just do? Awesome. And I said, I just prayed. He's like, well, do it to this knee. I was like, okay. <laughs> All right, now we're on to something. Now we're on to something. Let's go. So I went over and I prayed for his other knee. I said, in the name of Jesus, I prayed for it. All the clicking was gone. All the pain was gone. He said, I hit it here with a metal plate, and I don't know how this is happening, but I don't feel anything there. He said, I feel no pain there whatsoever right now. What did you just do? I said, I didn't do anything. It's all God. 
And thank God for his mercy, because I was missing it hardcore. I was missing it for 20 minutes hardcore. Let me tell you what. My mom used to tell me slow obedience is not obedience at all. And mom, you are very accurate. So the last thing I want to talk about is what are you being led by? Because we're talking about being led by the Holy Spirit. God is a spirit. I am a spirit. So I have the ability to talk back and forth with God. But I'm going to talk about different things that lead us in life. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to John chapter 8. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about Jesus and a particular woman that was caught in a compromising position. Let's just say. She was caught in a spot that was bad. Woman in the act of adultery. What is leading you? What is leading you? This first one we're going to talk about is pressure. First thing we're going to talk about is pressure. I was raised on a horse farm. And the way that you steer, the way that you control a horse is you put something called a bit in its mouth. It has a, the horses have a gap in their teeth. And when you put a piece of metal right in between that gap, and it sits up against their cheeks. And when you pull on one side, it takes their head and it pulls it like this. It's pressure against their mouth. And in order to get away from the pressure, they submit. They submit to that pull that you're doing. I'm putting pressure. It's uncomfortable. So they turn their head and they start walking in this direction. As Christians, we cannot afford to be led by pressure. Because sometimes what the enemy will do is the enemy will start putting pressure over here. You got to turn this way. You got to do this, Josh. You got to do this. You got to go this way. No, you got to go this way. When in reality, we should be looking on the inside for our leading, not responding to pressure outside coming in. You got to do this right now, Josh. You got you to put your money in here or else it's going to go away. You got you to do this or else. Right. Am I being led by the Holy Spirit? Am I listening? Because pressure is not fun. Pressure is not fun. Look at the situation that Jesus was in. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came again into the temple. And all the people were coming to him. And he sat down and began to teach them. He's in the middle of teaching, and there's all these different people he's doing his, doing his Jesus thing. He's awesome. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in the very act of adultery and threw her into the center of the court. They interrupted Jesus' meeting and said, Teacher, this woman has been caught in adultery in the very act. Now in the law of Moses, it says to pick up stones and kill such a woman. What do you say? They were saying this to test him so that they might have grounds for accusing him. Here's the thing that happened right here. Got pressure on two different sides right here. He said, Jesus, okay, we got him, we got him now, boys. We're going we're gonna to either pull on this side. This is judgment. This is mercy right here. Right. What we're going to say is, are you going to judge this woman? Are you going to condemn her to death? That's not going to show any kind of mercy whatsoever, and that's going to make people upset. But you're going to be abiding by the law. Or are you going to go mercy but completely forego judgment here? Are you going to break the law but show this woman mercy in our minds? Because the, the law, it's clear and cut. This woman was caught in the act of adultery. It's, it's closed. It's done. In a court, sentenced to death. You have option A or option B, Jesus. Which one is it? They're pulling and they're putting pressure on Jesus. What does he do? He completely ignores them. He completely ignores them. I remember a pastor preaching a message one time and he said, one time I had, uh, in my ministry, I was sitting in my office, and all of a sudden I got a phone call from one of my associate pastors, and God said, don't pick that up. I said, what? He said, don't pick up that phone. I said, okay. So he just let his phone ring. All of a sudden he gets some text messages. I need you to call me right now. 
said, don't respond. What do you mean you don't want me to respond, God? There's an emergency going on. He said, don't respond. Okay. Gets another call from a different pastor. Gets another text message. Got an emergency. I need you to do something right now. I need you to call me right now. This is big. This is a real emergency. I need you to call me right now. God said, don't pick it up and don't respond. Happened several different times. God said, don't do anything. She said, okay. So he sat there and he prayed. All of a sudden, he started getting text messages. Oh, never mind. It was actually nothing. We're good. Situation's good. From every single one of these people, one right after another. And God said, see how worked up you would have gotten if you would have responded to that? You would have gotten sucked right into that. You would have gotten all worked up about that. Pulled in all these different directions that you don't need to be right now. While I was working it out. He said, are we responding to pressure or are we responding to the leading of the Holy Spirit? So you have option A and option B here. Which one's it going to be, Jesus? You're going to choose mercy. You're going to choose judgment. So Jesus stooped to the ground and with his finger wrote in the dirt. And they persisted asking him questions. Now you know something really interesting about this. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 13. Do you know that Jesus was actually fulfilling prophecy here? He was, I promise you. O Lord, the hope of Israel, all who forsake you will be put to shame. Those who turn away from you, you will write down their name on the dirt because they have forsaken the fountain of living water. Jeremiah 17, 13. Those who forsake you will be put to shame. Those who turn away from you, you will write their name on the dirt because they have forsaken the fountain of living water, says the Lord. Jesus was fulfilling prophecy right there. What else was he doing? Listening, waiting for the Holy Spirit. They persisted in asking him. Again, more pressure coming. Which one's it going to be, Jesus? Because they got the rocks. They're ready to go. They're ready to kill this lady. He straightened up and said to them, I'll take option C. They said, A or B, Jesus, which one is it? He says, I'll take option C. He who is without sin, let him to be the first to throw a stone at her. And when they stooped down, he stooped down and wrote on the ground again. And when they heard it, they began to go out one by one, beginning with the oldest until he was left alone with the woman. Straightening up, he said to her, Woman, where are your accusers? And she said, They are gone, Lord. And he said, I do not condemn you either. Go and sin no more. He was the only one that could have condemned her to death. He said, I'm not going to choose that. I'm going to choose mercy, but I'm also not going to violate judgment. I'm going to choose the trump card, the secret one that you guys didn't even see. Do you guys know the Holy Spirit's a genius? We have a genius living on the inside of us. That all the time when the devil thinks he has us trapped, when life thinks that it has us trapped, God always sees a way out. God always sees a way out. It's like we're caught in a maze and God is telling you, this is the exit right here. There's always a way out with God. It's good preaching, Josh. Thank you. Thank you. 1 Kings 19, 13 through 11, you don't have to turn there. Elijah goes up onto a mountain, goes into a cave. There's all these kind of big things that happen. There's a fire, there's an earthquake, there's a tornado that swings by. There's all these different things. God told him to go up to a cave. All these spectacular things are happening around him. God's not in any one of those things. God's not in the fire. God's not in the earthquake. God's not in the tornado. It says, afterwards, a still, small voice spoke into the cave. Yes. Sometimes we're looking 
for the, for the spectacular and we miss the supernatural. Sometimes we're looking for the spectacular and miss the supernatural. If I just ignore what God's saying to me in everyday life in the, my workplace, I would have missed things. I would have missed the issues that were going on with my job. I, I do quality checking. So I would miss those things. It's a still, small voice. Very rarely does God ever speak to me in this big, booming voice that I think is audible. Very rarely. As I was preparing for this sermon, how to be led by the Holy Spirit, I didn't have anything. I didn't have nothing. I was like, God, what do you want me to speak about? It's like being led by the Holy Spirit. I was like, okay, what's point one? What's point one? Ready, ready when you are. Nothing. Nothing. It's two days until I preach. God, what do you want me to speak about? Being led by the Holy Spirit, Josh. All right, what's point one? Nothing. <laughs> God does this sometimes, I think, just because he gets a kick out of it and just to, just to check and make sure that I'm just going to be patient and let time take its course. And then all of a sudden, he just downloaded it all on me last night. And I was typing furiously at 10.30 at night going, God, why couldn't you have done this an hour ago? <laughs> Sending it off to Pastor because Pastor texted me, hey, do you have that outline ready? I was like, yes, Pastor, I have it ready. I'm sorry. Don't blame me. Blame God. Right. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. So that's one thing that tries to lead us is pressure. Pressure. That's one of the most common things. The second one we talked about are all these spectacular things, these things happening around us that look big, that look a boom, that look powerful. People are, people are going out and looking for ghosts. They're looking for all these different kind of supernatural manifestations and totally missing the still small voice of God. Yes. Yes. Totally missing it indeed. First Samuel chapter 3, you don't have to turn there either because I'm going to have to finish up really quick. First Samuel chapter 3, God calls on to, the, to the boy Samuel. You're never too young and you're never too old to hear God's voice. You're never too old and you're never too young to hear God's voice. I remember our, uh, we have a boy here in our church. Um, Josue is his name. Let me tell you, that kid works on his relationship with God. That boy knows how to hear God's voice. We, we had a, a prayer and worship night a couple weeks ago at my house. And uh, my lovely wife, who speaks... Uh, she just, when God speaks, she knows it, and she just does it. She's an inspiration to me. So what she said uh, to Josue was, Josue, God's going to give you a word for everybody in this whole room. And there was like 12 of us, 12 of us in the room, maybe a few more. And Josue, he didn't freak out or anything like that. He's like, okay. I was like, wow, that's faith, dude. That's faith. Yeah. So he walks up to the first person, gives a word that's right on. Walks up to the next person, says something that's right on. Every single one of us, all 12, one right after another. Listening, hearing God's voice, and speaking it. Hearing God's voice, speaking it. Hearing God's voice, and speaking it. Awesome. And he's like, what, less than 10 years old? How old is Josue? Eight years old? He's eight years old. I mean, Samuel probably was around the same age as well. Laying in his bed, and God says, Samuel. He gets up and then runs into the other room, and he totally, he heard God's voice, but he didn't recognize it. That's another issue that we run into sometimes as well. We hear God's voice, but we don't recognize it. That was one of the biggest issues that I had, is I was hearing but not recognizing. I was running to someone else and say, hey, you called? No, we didn't call. Go back to sleep. So Samuel goes back to sleep, and then he he hears it again. Missed it time after time after time. Then the priest said, next time, just sit there and wait. Sit there and wait. Some of the most powerful times I've ever had 
with God are when I sit alone in my room and I just say, all right, God, let's talk. Yes. Let's just be together. Or I get my guitar and I'll say, what kind of song do you want to hear? Good. What kind of song do you want to hear? Why? Because God's real to me. Sometimes we'll say, play this song. Or sometimes we'll say, I don't care. I just love it when you sing. Boom, instant crying. Oh, God, you're so good. Yeah, 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 yeah. My wife's over there laughing at me. Cry, baby. Yep. God does that to me. If you want to start hearing God's voice more clearly, get into his word. Yes. God's voice sounds a lot like his word. Yes. And one of the main ways that, one of the main things that God does when he's speaking to me is he'll bring up uh, verses, just like he did for pastor. He'll do that to me quite frequently. Yeah. He'll be like, hey, do you remember this verse? Again, because it's not, it's not always an audible voice. It's something on the inside. One way that he described it to me is a thought that's not yours. I'll, I'll have a thought, but it's not mine. I'm just like, what? Because I'm not thinking about it. I'm not, I'm not processing it and figuring out, okay, this is the next logical step. All of a sudden, something crazy will just come into my mind. This guy's having knee pains. What? There's no way I could know that or even think that. I don't walk around going, I wonder what pastor's dealing with in his body today. I wonder, did I see him wimping over on his, on his left foot? I think I saw him wimping. That's not what I'm doing. I was at work in Indiana. I saw a guy walking by, and God, I, I had this thought that came by. The guy's having sciatic nerve pain on the right side of his body. I'm like, that's awfully specific, Josh. I'm like, oh, oh, wait, that's Holy Spirit. That's Holy Spirit. So I went over, and I... Asked him. Although the problem was I didn't just go over and ask him. I went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, <laughs> like I have a tendency of doing sometimes. But finally I worked up the courage to go talk to him, and I asked him, and he gave me the craziest look like, what? Yes. Why are you asking me that question? I was like, I gave the response that would make him not think I'm crazy, because God told me so. Like, oh, great. This guy's, <laughs> this guy's hearing an invisible man in the sky talking to him about my body. Wonderful. And then I went a step further. Can I pray for you? Oh, no. Yes. But then go away. Yes, <laughs> so I prayed for him, and God healed his, his nerve. And I was able to minister to him, not just then, but continually, and see things happen at work. I can't tell you how many times healing, healing miracles have happened because I'm just obedient. Yeah. If you think you hear God speaking to you, do it. Do it. As long as it doesn't violate the word of God. If I, if I have this thought, I need to go sleep with another woman tonight. Obviously, that's not God. Come on. Obviously, that's not God. The Bible says do not commit adultery. Obviously, that's not God. If I feel like, hey, go tell that person that I love them. Okay. When I was driving back from Wisconsin a couple days ago, I went into a gas station, something small. I went in to get a water and Gatorade. My wife told me, I need you to make sure you get Gatorade. I said, yes, I'm going to get Gatorade. She's like, no, really, get Gatorade for the kids. And I said, all right, honey, I got it. So I walked in there, I got water and forgot Gatorade. And I went out to my van and I sat down and she's like, where's the Gatorade? And I was like, get thee behind me, Satan. I'm just kidding. I didn't say that. I love you. You're great. So what happened was, is I was like, okay, whatever. So I grabbed some cash. I put it in my, in my pocket and I went back inside and I bought Gatorade. And I had two $20 bills, and I paid for the Gatorade, and God said, I want you to give that lady behind the counter $20. It was just a thought. It's, it sounded like this. I should give that lady $20. Right. That's what it sounded like to me. That's what, it, that's what it, came, it came right across, and I was like, why would I do that? 
Obviously, it's not me. And obviously, it's not the devil because the devil doesn't want to bless people. That's God. I, make, I can way overcomplicate this thing and think, well, that's just, yeah, get thee behind me, Satan. You're trying to steal my money. No, I'm sowing. I'm sowing. So I was like, okay, whatever. So I just, I handed a lady 20 bucks and she just looked at me like, what? And I was like, God told me to give that to you. Once you know that he loves you. She's like, what? And then I walked out of the gas station. <laughs> and I was like, I am so embarrassed right now. <laughs> Again, I'm, I, I might act like I'm, yeah, face man. But sometimes I'm just like everybody else. Right. Learning about this thing. Hearing God's voice. Is it okay that I'm being this vulnerable with you guys? Okay. All right, good. I don't want to look like a superhero up here. Because I'm definitely not. Definitely not. Hey. <laughs> Dakota's over there being the peanut gallery. Thank you, Dakota. All right. One last thing. I'm sounding like pastor, right? This will be my closing point right here. Amen, pastor. Amen. Amen, pastor. <laughs> Ten minutes later. Didn't he just say that was his close? I got one more closing point for you guys. All right. Bless God. Hallelujah. <laughs> he did train me well, didn't he? <laughs> oh, man. All right. The Holy Spirit brought several different verses to me. And again, I talked a little bit about how if you want to change the natural, you have to start speaking the spiritual into it. You have to start taking the word of God and speaking into it. Some verses that God gave me that he wanted me to uh, meditate, to speak, to talk, think about, um, I'll go through them one by one with you. But I promise you that if you start saying these verses and make it a daily practice, not not just by ritual, but by looking at it and going, this is truth right here. And taking it for what it really is, because the Bible is truth. It absolutely is. Everything that it says, I am, I am. Right. Everything it says I can do, I can do. John 14, 16, and 17 says this, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not see him and does not know him. But you know him. Yes. But you know him. Him. But you know him. Who is that talking about? Who do I know? I know the Holy Spirit. My life changed when I got a hold of that verse and when I started saying it. I'd go home and I'd say, Holy Spirit, I know you. There was a, there was a woman teacher that taught us this at Ramah. She, she read this verse and I was just like, mind blown. I was like, this is amazing. So I went home and, Holy Spirit, I'm so glad that I know you. Holy Spirit, you're more real to me than this bed that I'm sleeping in. You're more real to me than these clothes that I'm wearing right now. You're more real to me than this car that I'm driving. You're more real to me than this tool I have in my hand. And what started happening? God's voice started getting clearer and clearer and clearer. Because I'm speaking in faith. And speaking in faith changes natural things. Speaking in faith changes natural things. 1 John 2.20. The first one was John 14, 16, and 17, if you want to write these down, which I recommend that you do. Second one is John, 1 John, sorry, 2.20. But you have an unction, that means anointing. You have an anointing from the Holy One. And you know all things. That's what it says in the Greek right there. You know all things. How many things do you know, Josh? I know all things. Ah, Josh, that's just you being prideful. That's not me in myself. I have a genius living on the inside of me. 
I have the knowledge of heaven living on the inside of me. I have Holy Spirit living on the inside of me. That means no matter what situation I find myself up against, I have the answer before I ever got into it because God gave me the answer before the problem came up. Man, I'm preaching good now. Preaching good. That's 1 John 2.20. John 14.26. John 14.26. The Comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. He will teach you all things, and he will remind you of all things that I have said to you. He's going to teach you, and he's going to remind you of things. That's Holy Spirit's mission on the inside of me. When I bump up against something in the word that I don't understand, I ask Holy Spirit, what does that mean? And then he teaches me. Yes. Reminds me of things when I'm in situations where I need truth. John 16, 13. Howbeit the spirit of truth, when he has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of himself, but whatever he uh, hears, that will he speak, and he will show you things to come. He will show you things to come. He showed me things to come when I was down there in worship. During your sermon, call up these two things. Okay. There's been times before when he's shown me what's going to happen in a service. I want you to do this and this and this during the service. Yes, Lord. And then something awesome happens. So I encourage you, meditate on those verses. And your life will seriously start to change. Closing point. This, I promise this is the last one. <laughs> this is the last one, Pastor. <laughs> Think I think I actually got a lot closer to hitting my time this time than I did last time. I always go over, the pastor's like, keep it under 40 minutes. I'm like, okay, 40 minutes for me is like an hour-ish, right? Wiggle room? No. No wiggle room. I got to submit tonight. I got to submit tonight. Approach God in faith every single day. That's what I want to encourage you with tonight. Approach God in faith about this. Speak the word every single day. Get into the word and ask, and ask God, what do you want to teach me about today? You guys know the story about when the, the two men, one man built his house on sand, one man built his house on rock. The foundation of your life is so important because storms come to everybody. The storm came to the man that had his house built on rock just like it had the man who built his house on the sand. Jesus is the rock, the Bible says. He's the foundation that we build our lives upon. Not sand, not things that can move and shake that we're not really sure about, that we don't have set in our mind. Because a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, is what James says. Build your life and build your foundation now, today, upon truth. Yeah. Wake up in the morning and say, John 14, 16, and 17. Holy Spirit, I'm so glad that I know you. Holy Spirit, I thank you today that you're going to lead me. You're going to guide me. You're going to speak to me how I will hear you. However I need you to speak to me, you're going to speak to me that way. You're going to show me things today that are going to come. I know all things because you live on the inside of me. You'll be amazed how your day will change. Because you're speaking truth right away before other stuff starts coming in, before pressure and stuff comes in. Don't be led by pressure. Be led by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. So do I have to pray for everybody and we finish? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this group of Amazing Grace, this church family. Thank you, Father, that they know the Holy Spirit. God, that the Holy Spirit lives big on the inside of them every day, that they know all things. Thank you, Father, that you're providing an answer before the problems have arisen. And God, I thank you that tonight, even right now, that you're showing them the answer, you're showing them the solution to those problems that they're facing. You're bringing scripture to them, you're sending people across their path, and God, most of all, you're speaking to their heart. And I thank you, God, for helping us become sensitive. Those of us that have dulled our senses, those of us that have 
have grown calluses on our heart. God, I thank you that you're just melting those away. God, that you're restoring our sensitivity to you. Thank you for all this, God, and thank you first and foremost for your love. And thank you for Jesus. In your name, amen. Good. Wow. Give him a good.